Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Back in Camp podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and joining me today is Mason Wearmouth. Unfortunately, Henry isn't able to be here. He got sick, so it's just me and Mason today. It, it, well, come on now. <laughs> uh, best of luck recovering from that. But uh, starting off with a few things, uh, an update on the New, Jer- New Jersey black bear hunt that we went over last episode. Um, found an article, it's on Go Hunt um, from the 7th, that states that the New Jersey black bear hunt is back on. Yesterday, hunters took to the field only a day later than anticipated. Uh, so it doesn't really say much, but the hunt is back on and is happening now. It only got delayed by a day, which is not too bad. So a little yeah. bit of an update on that situation. Another uh, just interesting article I found. I was scrolling through Outdoor Life uh, earlier and... I found an article, the title being Hunter Tags an 8-Point Buck That Accidentally Stole His Trail Camera. Uh, deer Hunter from Kansas had one of his trail cameras go missing earlier, and he found it around the antler, wrapped around the, the strap that was holding the camera, wrapped around the antler of, of a buck that he would go on to shoot. <laughs> But there's a photo of it you can see on the website again on Outdoor Life. Um, it looks like he's got like a ratchet strap almost or just a rope of sorts, strap of sorts. And apparently he tied it to a fence post. And the buck came along and removed it from the fence post. And it was four weeks from when it disappeared to when he shot him. So It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it would have came off by then, but he must have wrapped it on there. Yeah, it looks wrapped quite tightly. Yeah, it is. But I mean, that'd be one way, because like that's it's kind of one of the most least expected ways. Like you know, someone nabbed my trail camera. <laughs> Whatever yeah. happened, a little bit of wind took it off. No, really, but you you wouldn't expect to find it on a deer that you go on to kill. I mean, yeah, it's not a great deer, it's but it's not a bad deer either. So definitely not a bad one. No. It's not the yeah. biggest deer in the world, but definitely yeah. a good-sized one. Good enough. Good enough to get yeah. your broken back. I don't know how else you would do it. Uh, yeah, I mean... Shoot the deer. <laughs> yeah, I because I don't think you're just going to end up cutting it off somehow. <laughs> yeah, probably. I guess, unless you'd wait and pick up his sheds, but it's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, so I think today we're going to dive into mule deer um, which a species with a wide range an American deer going from Mexico all the way up to just into Yukon and the Northwest Territories um, but from there and everywhere in between very common species and one that we both are Big fans of hunting here, me and Mason, Absolutely. and, and we're, we're both still trying to find that, that really big one, but <laughs> we'll get into how, how we plan to do that. I guess, Mason, um, we'll have you start us off, I know you're, you're a big fan of, a uh, big fan of the mule deer, um, but where you're hunting them, which you've got 
got one earlier this year. Yeah. But you're hunting them in what southern almost southern alberta i'd say southern alberta yeah southern alberta i'm hunting them in northern new mexico very different um terrain that they're in um i mean they they go from high alpine forests to low deserts in california and nevada so there's a there's a big range and that creates a lot of variety in how and where what i mean what your strategy is for hunting them so I guess oh, definitely. What what do you like? Where you're hunting them? How are you trying to to find success? I guess. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably different from how you hunt because all of these deer are like surrounded by agriculture, right? Which I'm assuming yours are probably not. I guess they could be, but I'm assuming depends. There is agriculture. Just I mean, hay fields. I shot yeah. my one buck I shot 25 yards onto public coming off a hayfield in the morning. But there isn't a ton of that. I, I mean, yeah. most of the time, that's not where you're hunting them. Yeah, so where I am hunting mealies, which I guess this is a thing of lots of Alberta, is that I could be wrong and people might disagree with me, but most of our muleys are not in the mountains, which I know, I'm assuming, or at least what I seem to see, is that a lot of the mule deer hunting in those like northern states, I guess even where you are too, is like mountainous terrain, typically, what I see. Which that mm-hmm. maybe could just be, because that's what I see. I'm sure there's lots of people who hunt them in like farmland too, but ours seem to be mostly like agriculture and pasture um, areas. Mm-hmm. So for us, the way we hunt them is we kind of just try and catch them moving between those bedding areas and those feeding sources, right, which are yep. mostly like hay fields and other ag fields. So we're kind of just trying to catch them off there. But specifically where I hunt is also like, it's it's... It's quite steep. It's, it's hills. It's not like it's mountainous, but it it is quite steep hills. So they they often are cutting between those ag fields to get into these little pieces of timber. Because yeah, I'm not sure about where you are. I know there's not really trees in New Mexico. Hey 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 hey. Uh, but um. We are basically just catching them uh, to like when they are going into these patches of timber, into yep. these straws to bed down in the the afternoon or mid morning or whatever, right? Because I mean, I'm assuming that's quite typical for mule deer to just go bed late in the day and kind of just move uh, early mornings and uh, late afternoons. So that's basically all we're doing is. We're glassing in the morning, watching where they go, and then trying to get on them there or get in, uh, in front of them and kind of just catch them uh, getting into these spots, trying to get yeah. like in front of them and shoot them before they get in there, typically. Oh. Which I know you shot yours. You weren't like set up anywhere and they came by you. Were they? I mean, you kind no. of you had to move and make a move towards them. 
from, uh, what, yeah. from what I recall. But yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it is. It's different for you than it is for me in some respects. I mean, that's kind of how I was hunting elk on my last elk hunt. You know, it was catch him between here and there. Um, yeah. You know, where I'm at, there's no stand sitting or, you know, sitting in a blind somewhere. You could, however, it's just not the best strategy unless you really know uh, they're going to be coming through an area. Because a lot of what I've hunted, at least in what's right around me, obviously there's even just a lot of variants in the state of New Mexico. But what's right around me um, that I'm hunting is 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 pretty thick juniper most of the time. Juniper, you know, sandy washes. Some ponderosa, ponderosa at the higher levels or elevations, but most of the hunting I've done has been in in the uh, juniper. So, kind of the the strategy that we've used a lot of the time, rather than try an ambush or try, it's kind of a spot and stalk um thing. Yeah. Find a high point and just glass until you find them. Or, well, first of all, step one, find sign, make sure they're in there. And then find a high point in glass and see if you can locate them. And that's how we found my buck that I did shoot, a buck that I'd assume was 170, 180-ish, that never quite got a chance to shoot at him. He was a nice buck. I really wish I could have shot him. Um, but you know, just getting up on a high point and find him, and we found him three different mornings, just watching him, trying to figure out what to do because it was it's it's hard to make a play. Yeah. Uh, the few times you did, you know, get down off your point, there's a lot of, a lot of draws down below. You yeah. Know, high mesas and then draws and whatnot down below. Sometimes it goes on to agricultural, you know, hay fields. Not always the case here. It wasn't. And try to whoop around in front of him and make a move. And it's just never quite worked. You know, it's it's kind of difficult to do. I mean, I almost had a shot. I had him in the scope twice on that hunt. Both times he was facing away from me. Uh, so yeah. it came really close. It's kind of been the main strategy we've used. Um, heading up to higher elevations in the same unit that I've hunted most. Or this was with my my dad had a tag, but all ponderosa and a lot less um, brush and stuff. Some, but less. And it had just snowed, and they were moving up, or moving down, I should say, into the unit from from Colorado because it was getting cold. So we were just walking through, still hunting, I guess. Um, yeah. You know walk glass walk glass and we walked up within 100 yards which is kind of your max line of sight on quite a quite a number of deer um a couple of forkies and then one small three point and just didn't didn't shoot him wanted to hold out but yeah that's kind of i mean i've been i've had three hunts myself my dad's had two and where we've hunted, that's kind of what we spent most of the time doing. It's hard. You can, but especially on public land with other hunters, trying to set up beforehand and ambush them can be, it's very hit or miss. Um, yeah, it's it's tough with other people in play. Yeah, it's, it's another thing. 
to think about, but, you know, Always, yeah. I was thinking about, like, the differences between hunting mule deer and elk. I was saying, you know, if the elk are there, there's a lot of them. Yeah. If they aren't there, there's maybe a solitary bull and that's it. If the mule deer are there, like, there's always going to be one or two mule deer in the area. Like, I've yeah. never, you know, you're never hunting somewhere. There's just no mule deer there. There's always one or two of them sticking it out somewhere, it seems. <laughs> I mean, uh, you might not necessarily see them, but they are there somewhere, right? But but they're there. Yeah. I mean, we spent a lot of time on that elk hunt, you know, covering ground, seeing no tracks, seeing no tracks, but we keep seeing a few mule deer tracks. Not yeah. a ton, but there's always a couple around. Just one of the things I kind of like about it with mule deer hunting, you can, in in the state at least, you can go pretty much anywhere. And no matter where you are, you're going to have some sort of chance of seeing deer. It's just the way it is. You know, it's not that case with with other animals, I don't think, as much as it is with mule deer. But... It's an, it's an interesting dynamic, and they also, they move more, at least I've seen them, obviously like the bed down midday, especially if it's hot, but they move yeah. around more. I mean, I've caught them deer moving around in midday more than I've caught elk moving around uh, yeah. midday. So even throughout the midday, you can pick them up moving through, moving through the timber and yeah. try and make a play on them and. Hope well, it works out. Even in the middle of the day, like they might not be going far, but they'll get up from their beds and just move a bit, right? Like they're gonna be yeah. feeding it where they're bedding a little bit, or even just get up and rebed a little bit different spot. But it's different as it as it is with you know every every game species, but yeah, definitely one of the one of the ones like you know I have my dream hunts that I really want to do, like we talked about last episode. And then I yeah. have my species where I want a big animal of that species. <laughs> and mule deer is at the top of that list, like Barbary sheep and mule deer, and then elk. Like Mule deer is up there. Like If I want one big set of antlers on my wall, I want a 200-inch muley, at least at this point. <laughs> I, I would agree. I, I definitely like mule deer. I mean, I've dedicated essentially all four years I've been hunting to mule deer pretty much. I mean, I, I hunted whitetails twice this year. Well, actually, like, in a spot rifle hunting whitetails, because I drove only bow hunt mule so unless I drove, like, five hours away, which is not the greatest thing for a weekend. So, yeah. I've been bow hunting mule deer, essentially, for four years. But next year, I will be rifle hunting them. So that'll be interesting. It's going to be a bit See different. how it goes. Yeah. But it's not tip- It's not where I typically hunt them. I guess. I mean, I will, dra- I will draw that tag. It's not. It's I'll have a 100% chance of drawing it. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, better shoot a big one. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're off the pot. No, I'm kidding. Um. Uh, I guess it, it'll depend on what I see during the summer. If I don't see big box, I'm not really sure. I'm yeah. end up shooting a forky. Well, you get some you get some deer steaks at the very least. Yeah, I guess I'll have like four days to hunt, essentially. Four, 
if I hunt only Saturdays, which is what I've been doing. Now, the question now is, if you had one place anywhere in the world where you want to hunt mule deer, where would it be? I'm not sure. I mean, Antelope Island doesn't count, and you cannot use that as an answer? Well, you see, is Alberta and Saskatchewan have big deer, right? But yep. the issue with that is that where... Just because of the way it works, like, like I said, like lots of the mule deer are not in the mountains here, which is where the majority of our public land is. Exactly. So lots of those mule or where those big deer are, well, the, the majority of those bigger deer, I guess. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you could find a big one in the mountains, right? Like there's going to be bigger deer in the mountains. It's just there's always a couple, but I, I always get a couple. There's going to be a lot higher concentration of them um, in other places, which the thing about that is it's like essentially all pri- uh, all private. So exactly. I would imagine Saskatchewan would be very similar because it is also like the prairies. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that for sure, but I would assume so. I th- I'm pretty sure it is. You see all these masses, Saskatchewan mule deer and white tail and it, it works pretty prairie-ish most of the time oh, it, it definitely is <laughs> but yeah so it creates you know there's where the big deer are however i don't really want to hunt personally hunting planes for mule deer isn't isn't really isn't really my thing i know not as much i i would like to do it in north dakota you gotta um, save which would be at least. Pardon? You gotta do it just to say you've done it. Yeah. We'll do that in North Dakota then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what... what I, I, for some reason, it just interests me to hunt, hunt him there. Um, and then the other place, the Arizona Strip. Um, I feel like that's one of the more obvious answers here for yeah. the United States um, would be there. I would love to hunt him there. However... It takes to be guaranteed to draw that tag for that unit in Arizona. I believe is up to twenty three, twenty four years of applying. And by the time I get to twenty four years, it'll probably be thirty plus if something doesn't change. So, um, yeah, doubt that'll creep. that'll really ever happen. But point creep, we all we all know it. We love all it. love it. Yeah, and so yay. <laughs> And then I know another place, another destination is is Idaho. For yeah, big mule, but I've been thinking about that too. I, I want to start applying there eventually, or even just like over the counter tags. Even and yeah, I know exactly. it's probably it's probably a lot more packed than what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, it definitely but, is because I'm not really used to hunting with that many people around. Yeah, but you know still a hunt and that's closer to you than it is to oh, me it's a lot closer to me yeah how far are you from from the border to the border i'm not sure but it's like seven or eight hours to okay oh. um, one of the so it actually towns, be fairly close it's it's not too far let's say center point idaho I, you wouldn't be that much closer than me but yeah nevertheless 
what poundage did you shoot your kind of hopping all over the place here, but what, what poundage did you shoot your you'll do it with on your bow? Um, it was probably about 60 ish somewhere in there. I don't know. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I was kind of adjusting things like the day before, which I know I shouldn't, but I was having issues with some stuff. So it worked kinda, out. I was kind of adjusting poundage and stuff. Um, so I, I was probably around 60 something, probably 61 or 62 or somewhere in there. Yeah. So not bad. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot of research. I don't know nearly as much about bow hunting as you do. But I mean, what what would you say you would would be your minimum weight, you or minimum um, poundage you'd be th- throwing an arrow at a mule deer with? I mean, it, it it's a deer, right? It's not like the strongest thing in the world. I would say yeah. forty pounds, which is forty. It that's what the minimum requirement is here for big game. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the first year I hunted, I was at, like, 40 pounds. Yeah. Which I, I would have shot a deer at with, right? I yeah, exactly. I did. I hit a buck low my first year. And, I, I mean, it was low, so no real clue, like, what it would have done. But I did not get a passer on that, which there's a lot more things than just, like, draw weight to go into that. Yeah, so exactly. I also didn't get a passer on this buck, so... That that was kind of interesting. It was, I'm not really sure exactly what happened there. I guess I did shoot through the leg bone, so I'm sure that was probably part of the reason. Yeah, probably not. But I'm not really sure exactly. Yeah, but, you know, you can... Hey, there's the argument with guns, too. Well, technically, you can kill a deer with a twenty two. Uh, which is true, but you know, what, what would you do? I think 40 would you, you know, do you really want to though? <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. 40, you could, you could, but... and you could probably get a deer with a lot less poundage, but probably best oh, not sure. to try it, you know? Yeah, I, I would 40, 35, it. good cutoff right there. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, I'm not really sure why. Unless you like couldn't pull forty pounds, which I guess could be an issue for um like younger people or something like that, right? Or people, um, you know, have sustained an injury. Oh, I know yeah, people who don't shoot high poundage on their bows just because they'll dislocate their shoulder trying to do it. Um yeah. so you don't really you don't really want to do that. So there's there's reasons for it, but Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I'd say like forty would be the absolute lowest I would probably want to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're constantly the more you shoot and even just like push ups, right? You're working those muscles, so it's just gonna it's gonna be easier and easier to pull more eventually. You kind of you can usually work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. As for the area that I know a little more about, which is rifles. And I guess you could hunt them with shotguns um, and muzzle loaders as well, but uh, yeah. muzzle loader and they're more of more of a niche thing, and it, along with shotguns, at least in Western hunting. Um, and I don't really know much about the shotgun aspect. I know with muzzle loaders, I was talking to a guy who has one, and and you can shoot accurately, you know, 
300 plus yards with them now, so we'll just say they're rifles at that point. Uh, There's some gone. crazy muzzleloaders at this point. I think like Gunworks makes one even or something like that, right? I think Best of the West makes one, which are like they say like 500 yards or something, which is That's crazy. Crazy to me. Yeah. It's a it's like a it's a long shot. It is, especially for for what you think of as a an a an older bird, weapon, right? yeah. not a modern firearm. Well, More modern, but one of the wait, earlier versions. Of those orders are quite modern, but yes, the the ones shooting that far are yeah. modern muzzle loaders. I'm just saying, when you think muzzle oh, loader, sure. you kind of think of a musket. At least I do. When I first was thinking about you know, you have inline muzzle loaders, and we won't we won't get into that. But as for rifles, everyone knows greatest wielder caliber two seventy Winchester. <laughs> However, we will. It's just such a open and shut case that you know we do have to consider some other options <laughs> if for some reason you know you want to be different. Um, <laughs> all all jokes aside, thirty out six. Um, I don't know. I feel like thirty out six is as big as you need to go for most mule deer hunting. I mean, yeah. Outside yeah, of wouldn't... ridiculously far shots, you know. Yeah. I mean, with the kind of hunting most people are doing with sub 500, 30 out 6 is you don't really need any more than that. I'd say, yeah, 30 out 6, 7 mag is probably like the biggest you really you need. I mean, there's lots, I'm sure there's lots of people who shoot deer with, well, there is who shoot deer with 300 wind mags and stuff like that, but it's not like needed. It's not necessary exactly. at all. Even like, the 243 would do fine on deer. That's what I shot my deer with. Yeah. 243. It it's went through like both they're... lungs at 250. No problem. Yeah. He went 25 yards and keeled over. So clearly the 243 isn't struggling at all in deer. No. I mean, it's not like they're insanely tough animals. Obviously, they, they are still animals. They're still tough, but it's it's not like they're... It's not like it's a grizzly or something, right? It's still, exactly. You don't need a big gun, really. I mean, I you could. I've heard of people taking them with two twenty threes. That's kind of the lower end of what you want to be shooting. If you're one of those people, you'd use a six point five Creed more. But, um, you know, the rest of us use two seventy. Yeah, like sure. Except Mason here. Mason, what do you? What do you have you used? For rifle hunting, um, well, I actually haven't shot anything with a rifle, Crystal. Yeah, but you've gone rifle hunting. Yes, I, I do rifle hunt occasionally. Um, so what I would carry, what we have is we have a two forty three, and then we have a six point five Creed. So I know you just mentioned it, but those are the. So two you're taking the two forty three, is what it sounds like is happening here. I hope. Well, it kind of depends. No, it, it just We've depends on. Oh. <laughs> all jokes, all jokes. We we here for those of you who may not know, um, uh, six point five Creedmoor has kind of become a a laughing stock gun in a lot of the hunting community, um, and highly yeah. overrated. 
for what it actually is. So it, it's kind of become a big joke where if you shoot 6.5 creep more, you're, you're a terrible person, which may, may hold some truth. It may not. I'm saying there's a reason there's a stereotype, but, you know. That's is the, there really, the though? Like, yes. I've yes, yet to see anything like that. Like on on social media, man, when you're seeing these like these kids my age, you know, bragging about how they're such a good shot at eleven hundred yards and this and that, and they have their fancy gun that daddy bought for them that it's a custom rifle and what is it? It's a six point five creep one. I you don't see it as much now, but like at the height of when the six point five creep one was really trending and taking an over going all over the place um i'd see a lot of those it was really just obnoxious snooty people and their <laughs> 6.5 creep more that was so so accurate and then you know they can't shoot that well anyways but at least their rifle is accurate um I mean, so it yeah it, not as much now you don't see it but the only it has, thing more popular is 6.5 creep more hate yes exactly but it's either people love it or people absolutely hate it. It's <laughs> it's 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 literally what it is. I mean, I don't like for an elk car cartridge. I nah. I mean, you could, but nah. Go go with a two seventy or or something like that if you want a smaller. Go on the smaller side for elk for elk calibers, but for deer, it's gonna be a great deer rifle. It's However, a fine it's deer cartridge. Yeah, it's fine for deer. It's very accurate. It's going to be a great for deer, um, you know, sub 500, but it's blown up into such this big joke that I, I honestly just don't even consider it when I think of it. I only consider it as a joke now, which is perhaps not the best view on it, but, you know, all jokes aside, it, it would be a, a very good deer cartridge. Yeah. Mm, but 6.57 killing moose at close ranges in Europe for a long time. Yeah, but it's, it's... not the Creed more, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But what about the 6.5 PRC? Because I know some people don't like that either. Because oh no, boy, a, now, now we're diving into ballistics. We're off <laughs> no, the deep not end. This episode. Not this episode. No, we'll have to get into that. Uh, to the, the deep dive into ballistics, which will be that'll be a fun one with no shortage yes. of disagreements but we'll do that once we get henry back on yeah um but yeah so 243 classic solid option 30 on six classic solid option 270 the best option <laughs> you'll probably throw the what the 303 in there but you know i mean it's it, it, Pretty much anything is going to work. I'd say like pretty much any exactly. decent sized centerfire is going to be fine. You can make it work sub 500. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced you really need to shoot farther. Like, I mean, you could, but do you really have a reason to? Maybe. Most of the time, no. No. So, you know, you can get closer. <laughs> exactly. For most people, you know, it's, I mean, for me, it's outside of a budget as much as, any, you know, a budget and ability. Because 
Yeah. To really shoot at far ranges, you want to have a good load. You want to spend a lot of time shooting. You want to be a good shot, and you want good equipment. So, yeah. you know, and if you can't, you aren't confident shooting past 500, then, then don't, don't. don't spend all that money on a 75,000 power scope. Wait, no, uh, just a 75 power scope uh, that, that doesn't gain you anything. I may, I may, may be exaggerating a bit there, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't get a night force scope for 250 yard deer shots. It's just not worth it. I mean, it might be. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that one in that same episode that is coming sometime, hopefully. Um, Eventually. But on that note, I think we're going to end this. Not as long as an episode today i know yeah. but with henry not being here we were kind of we had a plan and then henry wasn't able to make it so kind of had to call a last minute audible and we don't want to don't want to cover too many of the the big topics we've all been looking forward to when we have people absent so thank yeah. you so much for listening 